The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Roto-World Football Podcast. It's the most important podcast in the universe, and thank you so much for making it so. Oh, wow, it's been a busy week. You know, this is our fourth podcast of the week. Let's review. Monday was with Rich Rebar, recapping day one. Tuesday was with Dana Kelly from The Ringer, diving deep into difficult prospect evaluations. Wednesday was with Ray Summerlin, looking at every angle of the Odell Beckham trade, the Le'Veon Bell signing, and just his lunatic tendencies when it comes to Harry Potter. And by his, I mean Ray's. And today, today is Easton Stick, quarterback prospect for the 2019 NFL Draft, coming out of North Dakota State. Basically a four-year starter, three-and-a-half-year starter. Was at the East-West Shrine game, obviously attended the NFL Combine, actually tested in the 93rd percentile. He's a tremendous athlete. We'll get into that later on in the conversation. And it's a conversation you want to listen to from start to finish, honestly. At the end, I test his recall. I'll leave it there, but you'll want to tune in for that. Um, if you enjoy it for any moment, hit that subscribe button if you're new here. And if not, leave a rating and review. It really does help us out. So I thought the best place to start with Easton, because he started for so long, and they won so many games at North Dakota State. In fact, I believe his final record was 49 wins and three losses. I wanted to hear about how he handles losses since he doesn't have much experience with them. <laughs> was really fortunate, obviously, to win a lot of games and and uh, you know not have to you know losing handle losing too often. Uh, but when you do, I think you you got to kind of approach them you know one and the same and. Uh, you know, you go back and, and you watch the tape and uh, you find out what you did well, you find out what you did wrong and you learn from it and you go back to work. And I think whether you win, uh, whether you lose, I think that's the mentality you have to have. You got to continue to grow throughout the season. And, you know, just because you play well early in the season doesn't mean you're going to play well and be a good team at the, you know, at the end of the year when you want to be good. And so, um, you know, the seasons are long and, and it can be a grind and, I really think you got to approach winning and losing somewhat the same and hmm. and learn and grow from it. So, but take me to that through that process. I'm sure most of your games obviously were on Saturdays. Is it something that by Monday you're over it or are you still thinking back to the game and the plays you could have made, the mistakes that you made as a team, things you could have done better? Yeah, I think I think a little bit throughout the week, you know, leading into the next game you, you still might have stuff that bothers you, but but really, you know, Sunday going into, you know, Monday afternoon when you're at the facility, 
I really think you got to put it to bed as, as best you can and, and focus on, on the next week because uh, every week's different. It's a different challenge every week, and, and what you're trying to accomplish um, you know, throughout the week can change. And so, uh, yeah, as a competitor, man, that stuff can, can eat at you, but <laughs> to the best you can, you got to put it to, you got to put it to bed and move forward. I believe you only played as a starter in high school for two years. Is that correct? Your junior and senior year? I started as a as a sophomore, but ended up breaking my thumb okay. three or four games into the season, um, and was out the rest of the year. Okay, so you basically started two and a half years. Let's put it that way. In, in yep. high school, then you redshirted your first year, obviously at North Dakota State, and then I mean, I'm sure because Carson was there, you you weren't really expecting to play maybe early on in your career with, with the Bison. Needless to say, you went in and and won a lot of games starting in your freshman year and then moving forward if you can rewind and go back to that time period in your life was it just kind of an unexpected situation that you were placed into and and yeah it was unexpected and uh you know going into that season I was just hoping to be the backup and yeah. trying to win that job <laughs> um you know and uh, so I was fortunate enough you know early in the season to be named the backup and you know got to back up Carson and learn from him um and then yeah I mean I got a call uh Sunday afternoon um, you know, after a Saturday games from Carson and, you know, talking to the coaches and our training staff that, uh, you know, he wasn't going to be able to play next week and, and probably not for a while. Um, and so there was going to be my opportunity. And, um, you know, it was pretty unfortunate, obviously, the way it went down. No, I, that's not how I wanted to get my opportunity. He, he was a really good teammate, a good friend to me. So I felt sick to my stomach for him being his last year. But at the same time, I was I was pumped for my opportunity and uh, and was ready to go. I, I knew that uh, I had watched Carson prepare and, and tried to model a, a lot of stuff after him. And I think, you know, from the time I got to North Dakota State, I, I tried to work really hard and earn guys' respect. And so I, I think when it was my opportunity and I stepped into the huddle uh, to lead the guys, I, I feel like guys trusted me and believed in me, and, and I believed in myself. And, uh, you know, we were fortunate to, to win eight straight and get an opportunity to play for another another championship. What would 23-year-old Easton Stick tell that sophomore in high school that just broke his thumb and is missing the remainder of, of his season as a starting quarterback? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I, you know, I think the biggest thing would be to don't let it keep you down. Uh, I remember, um, you know, struggling with that a little bit, you know, get, finally getting an opportunity to, to play and be on the varsity team and uh, an opportunity to, to do that, and then it gets taken away from you pretty quick. And I'd never really been hurt before, and so didn't know how to handle it, I don't think. But I think the biggest thing would just be to keep your head up, don't let it keep you down. You're going to have a lot of opportunities going forward. And then, two is just to, to work your tail off. You know, if you're not able to, um, you know, be out there practicing with the guys, get in the weight room and um, work your tail off there and, you know, stay up in school, everything that you've been doing before, um, just spend more time on it and keep working hard because you're going to have more opportunities in the future. I mean, Eason, you're, you're on the verge of, of entering the NFL. When did that idea, that possibility, enter your head throughout your playing career? Growing up as a little kid, that was always the dream. Yeah. Um, is, uh, I wanted to be a professional quarterback and, and play in the NFL. And, uh, you know, those were kind of my idols or guys that were doing that as I was growing up. And so I've always wanted to do it. Um, but for me, I think when it became real was – was honestly probably, you know, not until the last couple of years where uh, we had had a lot of success as a team. Um, I had become more confident in myself and, um, you know, just saw Carson's success and, um, you know, the type of offense that we ran where I, I really felt like uh, this could be an opportunity for me if, if we keep playing well and 
uh, I keep, you know, working hard and getting better that uh, I might have an opportunity to do this. And so uh, it's really been a lifelong dream. And, and just going through this whole process is, has been exciting and, um, you know, excited to see what happens moving forward. Let's talk about that offense a little bit, because obviously when I'm watching quarterbacks, you know, especially the college level, sometimes there's things to be desired and kind of just like in your brain, you have like a checklist of different throws you want them to make. But when you turn on North Dakota State, uh, you can see you work under center. You can see you go off play action from the gun. You can see you work inside and outside of structure and make throws inside or outside of the pocket at basically every level of the field, either from a stationary position or, or on the move. Like, that's not a common thing, and I'm sure you've heard that from teams or people you've talked to for prospects about to enter the NFL. Yeah, I, I was fortunate to play in an offense that, you know, was originally uh, brought to NDSU as a West Coast system, and so everything we're doing is, is rooted in that. Um, and then just throughout the years, it's kind of evolved and uh, allowed us to be really multiple and, you know, kind of fit – the personnel that we have. And so, yeah, uh, obviously we want to run the football and that's kind of where we hang our hat. We're going to do that really well. And then off of that, we're going to throw play action and, and try to be really explosive in the passing game uh, off of that. And then uh, when you get your opportunities on third down to throw it, you got to be really efficient and, and make plays. And, um, you know, I got to run around a little bit and that stuff is fun and it's part of my game and I enjoy doing that. But just the freedom that our coaches gave uh, me and, and, and the quarterback at the line of scrimmage. I mean, we had the ability. We're setting every protection. We nice. have the ability to change plays. We're in and out of plays all the time. And so uh, I just I just think those are things that hopefully allow me, you know, to shorten the learning curve potentially. But football is a passion of mine, and uh, I got to spend a lot of time in preparation and, and things like that. And so um, that stuff's fun to me, and um, you know, I feel really fortunate to have played in that system. You met with 25 of 32 teams at the Combine, or so far in this process, and I don't know how many of those are formal versus informal. In those 15-minute interviews that are, I guess, formal, where they might bring up your tape, what was like the, the combination, what, what was the percentage of positive plays you looked at versus negative plays you looked at? You know, it was probably about 50-50, honestly. Obviously, the, the, the good ones are a little more fun to watch. But no, it, it's probably about, it was probably about 50-50 for me. Uh, but I think it, it, was, it was good. It was cool to get an opportunity to, to kind of explain, you know, how I was coached what we were trying to do schematically and, and attack the defense. Um, and then hear from uh, different teams or different coaches on uh, how they see it, uh, things I could do differently and, and things like that. And so um, I learned a ton that week um, and, and feel like it, it was really beneficial for me. Is there one thing that you can recall at the top of your head that, that you are taking from that week that you just from a simple conversation with coaches or whoever else, people that have spent time in the league? Yeah, and I think it's honestly uh, something that we even addressed maybe before the combine is trying to get better at, uh, but it was definitely brought up there too, is just uh, being consistent consistent uh, mechanically. And there's some just like little subtle things that, you know, sometimes I get away from that if I can get there consistently, um, I know I can be a better player and continue to grow. And so just some little things with the level, level of my shoulders and things like that, that I, I think if I can get more consistent in, then uh, I think it'll really help me moving forward. When I was trying to do my research for this interview, prospects are young. You're young guys, okay? I noticed that you're not active on Instagram. I don't believe you have a Twitter account. Why is that? Why, <laughs> why, 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 why aren't you in tune with social media? <laughs> um, you know, I had both those platforms at one point, um, but probably it, three or four years ago maybe, uh, just decided that I kind of had enough and 
And uh, there's a lot of good things that can come from there. It's a really cool platform, and, and you can have be a really good influencer and, and have a good impact on people. But there's also a ton of negativity, and it's pretty easy to waste time. And so I kind of found myself wasting a lot of my time where I could be doing other things on those things and uh, really just felt like I needed to get away from it. And once I did, honestly, you know, it's just not something that I've desired to get back. And so, yeah, I'm a little different that way, but uh, it works for me. <laughs> <laughs> I know your I know your pro days on March 28th. What what will you do for like the month after that? Like how are you going to spend the downtime that I'm sure you kind of desire right now that you kind of yearn for because I know you're a busy guy preparing for for this process. But you're going to have about a month off. What do you do to unwind? What do you do to escape a little bit? You know, honestly, I'll I'll probably stay in Fargo after pro day and continue working out and and uh trying to work on some things that I need to do to get better and then um, it'll be good to to be back around some old teammates and and friends in that area and just spend some time with them. It was a a really quick turnaround for me after our national championship it's like a game. Week and I a flew, half, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I flew. You know, the the day after, I didn't even go back with the team. I stayed the night in Texas and uh, flew out to Southern California where I've been training the next day. And so um, it, it was such a quick turnaround. I didn't have a ton of closure with those guys. So excited to go back and, and spend some time with them, see those guys, and say uh say hi and um stuff to, to people back in fargo and then you were a throwing quarterback at the combine right what the hell is that experience like do you just not want to touch a football for a week after <laughs> yeah you throw a ton um and honestly you know brett kyle and jordan had an extra day more than me uh i left the day early uh our team was honored at the white house and so i missed the the monday workout but uh yeah you're getting a ton of throws which honestly uh was was really good for me and good for all of us i think uh, an opportunity to, to make different throws, throw to different positions and um, just show um, some different skills that, you know, maybe the other quarterbacks didn't have that opportunity. And so uh, it was cool to, to get a chance to do that. Met a lot of different guys in different positions. And so uh, that was a cool opportunity. But yeah, it's, it's definitely a lot of throwing. I know you're not on social media, but during the season, did you see the clip of Sean McVay's like recall of, of games from the previous few years? And yeah, a little bit. He's uh, that's pretty special. Can, can we try a few? Would that yeah, be fun? I mean, let's, yeah, let's go for it. Yeah, let's okay. go for it. So I, I'll give you the game and I'll give you the in-game situation. Okay. I think that's the easiest way to do this. 2018 away at you and I, the first play of the fourth quarter down 28 to 31 first and 10 oh yeah i got gotcha. you what is it uh well we called it it's a four vertical concept uh we're in uh we called it right flex so you got two two receivers extended to the right and x by himself on the backside, <laughs> off the left hash and then we had two backs in the backfield yeah and it's really just a four vertical concept and uh bruce is on my left he ends up going down the left seam you're running back. um we're pulling the right the running back we're pulling the right guard and selling action to the left and then they, you and I into playing, we call it a three-cloud coverage <laughs> roll into the boundary. And so versus single high, we're just working inside. And uh, they cut Bruce loose, and uh, he does a really good job of making the corner miss and, and goes for 80, I think. You're, you're, yeah, you're almost exactly right. You forgot that you, there was immediate pressure by your left tackle, so you had to avoid that, <laughs> reset, and hit the running back. And I, I have it written down, and you put it a lot more eloquently, but you're in the gun, obviously, two running backs, so 10 personnel. So there's action with the running back to your right, and you hit him down the seam. Number eight, Bruce, you said, to the left. 75-yard touchdown. Well done. Okay, let's go again. This, I'm, you, can, you enjoy this. All right. <laughs> so 2018 against Illinois State. Yep. First quarter, 13-34 left in the clock. Third and seven, 
zero zero on the thirty yard line. So we're we're in a, a two by two formation off like I don't know left hash or left middle. I guess it doesn't matter what we call it, but we've got like an over out from the right coming, and we have a double move called versus quarters coverage. We got the the field safety to bite on it. Uh, Darius number twenty takes it right by him over the top, um, and I just kind of loft it up, and uh, we end up hitting him. I don't know, it's probably sixty seventy yard gain. So. That was a that was fun. That was a little game plan thing we had. We used a, a man zone indicator with the back right away to see the coverage, and we got quarters coverage and a quick hand signal to double move to Darius. Darius saw it, and uh, yeah, we hit a big. That was the first third down of the game, so that was huge. You're you're a modest man, Easton Stick, because you forgot to mention that you had zero room to step up in, and so you basically threw this pass off your back foot over the top of two safeties basically perfectly lofted to his inside shoulder for the receiver to get the big game. Well done. We'll close out with another one from uh, 2018 away again at UNI. So same game as the first one. Uh, 349 left in the fourth quarter, up 42 to 31, second and 10 on the opposing 32-yard line. What happens? Is that a – did I run that one in? Was that like an (laughs) inside zone, I think? And we're running uh, – we call it bypass – we're reading the end, bypassing a swiper, a fullback, you know, looking to pick up uh, somebody off the, you know, one extended off the edge. And, uh, yeah, just kind of ran around the edge and, and nobody caught me. 11 personnel, zone read keep, bounce it to the outside. Your, your wide receiver had a nice block. Yep. It's a 32-yard score, Easton Stick. I mean, not going to say that people stereotype you, but you're a hell of an athlete, my man. There, there, there's a lot of situations where, obviously, you stick to the pocket, but that's a major part of your game, and it's a major part of – a lot of quarterbacks games now, rather than, you know, sticking in there for three, four, five seconds, winning outside of structure with, with your athleticism. And that, and that's certainly, as you know, a part of your game as well. And yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thank you. Easton. Thanks so much for doing this. Thanks so much for letting me grill you a little bit at the end. Uh, that was unplanned. I'm sure everyone out there could recognize that. Um, and, and you aced it three for three. Uh, so Easton, thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks, Josh. I appreciate it. Uh, needless to say, I uh, really, really enjoyed that interview with Easton Stick. Did you notice at the end that he knew my name still? Like, that's even more unbelievable recall. I think I told him right before we got started and did not mention it again. Uh, Easton Stick, super productive quarterback in college, won a boatload of football games, lost just very few, and that's including the playoffs in the FCS level of football. I don't know who's going to get drafted. You know, maybe it's even a third-day selection, but after listening to that, don't tell me that you don't want him in your quarterback room. And, and that's a major part of it, right? Like quarterbacks that have their head in the right place, that are attentive, that want to learn and help those around him. I certainly took those qualities away from Easton Stick in that aspect. Alex Tanney, Taylor Heineke, quarterbacks like that, no offense, can be backups in the NFL. It certainly makes sense that Easton Stick will have a long NFL future, at least in a backup capacity. And if not more, if not more, like we said, that NDSU offense certainly shows every single situation that you want to see from a quarterback prospect. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. Again, check out this week's earlier podcast for NFL Fallout and more individual prospect talk. Uh, And if you enjoyed this interview for any moment, hit that subscribe button, leave a rating and review. We'll talk to you all soon. See ya. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? 
also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 